Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars podcast, bringing you the latest news from a galaxy, galaxy far, far away, plus some review and discussion and our random spotlight. My name's Gary and joining me as always, back in the usual schedule, is Mr. Mark Aspect. How are you, buddy? I'm alright, mate. <laughs> trying to do, is it like Magnum? Is that Magnum? It sounds like Magnum. Yeah. It didn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I've just been, it's November, isn't it? So, Kieran's growing a tash. Oh, yeah. So, every time I think of just answering anything, I want to prefix it with the Magnum PI theme song. And I hope that is it. Because if not, I'm going to look a right idiot. I think it is. I think you nailed it. Good. Result. Well, yeah. that's November taken care of. That's Result. All that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good, dude. I'm good. What's been going on this week? Good stuff. Uh, this week, you're getting hyped up for Jedi Fallen Order. I uh, binned off my pre-order with Amazon and pre-ordered it through the uh, through the old Xbox online. Why? Well, the last <laughs> here's a song for you. Like, here we go. <laughs> go and get the guitar. <laughs> um, the last time I ordered a game or pre-ordered a game, sorry, from Amazon, I'm pretty sure it ended up coming a day late. Now, normally that doesn't bother me. You know, it's normally a day early. It, well, I've I've had. But I've had both, to be honest with you. But the last time I ordered, I can't remember what game it was. Uh, it arrived a day late. Now, normally that doesn't bother me. You know, it's just a video game. But this is Star Wars. Star Wars video game. So I want to make sure that it's ready to rock and roll. So by pre-ordering it digitally through the Xbox, that gives me... Well, it's already pre-loaded. The whole game is now downloaded to my Xbox ready. So as soon as the, the hour flicks over, I'll be on it. That's pretty badass, actually, do. Yeah. Deluxe version, deluxe edition. Don't sort about what I've ordered. Then you've made me question whether I've ordered the deluxe as well. Yeah, you don't get too much. To be honest with you, it's just the it's like cosmetic stuff with the the deluxe edition. You get like um a couple of skins for your little uh, droid oh. and your ship. You also get the orange lightsaber blade from the off. Oh, and uh, they fancy. confirmed recently as well that you won't be able to unlock those things in game. So if you don't pre-order, you won't get them for obvious reasons. Oh, it's loot crates all over again. No, 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 no. They're not doing anything like that, mate. They're, um, yeah, they've uh, they they've said categorically no loot boxes, no microtransactions. You pay for the game and you get everything, so that's all good. Good. I am looking forward to it. That's next week, isn't it? Next week, mate. Yeah. And the Mandalorian, same week. Yes. Yeah. Damn, son. Damn. That's gonna be a good week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I've got the old hard copy coming. Printed hard copy. You know the drill. Yes, I did want the hard copy originally. I thought, yeah, I like flirted on and off the last few years with some games have been uh, 
the old physical edition. Other games have been digital, but like I said, this is Star Wars. So I want to crack right on as soon as it gets ready to, as soon as that minute hand crosses, I think it's midnight or 11 p.m. or something. I'm going to crack straight in and get no sleep <laughs> for that day. So I like that. Dedication to the end. I like that a lot, dude. Yeah, yeah it's going to be cool. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's... Uh, that's going to be a big thing to talk about. Maybe, maybe next week. Maybe we'll, maybe the dates line up for next week. Maybe not the week after. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that, my man. It's going to be good. It is. Yeah, we'll do. A, might do a bonus episode. Do a proper review of it. Go through it because mm. should have completed it by then. That's the whole point of ordering the bloody digital version to so get cracking with it. And so yeah, might do that. Good man. Good choice, um, dude. Yes. Uh, let's crack on with some news. Before we do that, though, uh, Pascal, Sean, Tom, Chris, Regina. Thank you so much for your continued support over on Patreon. If you like what we do here on SOR and you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. You can jump on anywhere from a dollar upwards, bag yourself some swag, uh, handwritten note for Mark and myself, welcoming you on board the Falcon, uh, all the way up to executive producer credits, all that stuff. We'd love your support. Uh, patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. And remember to subscribe to the show as well. Any podcast network you currently listen to, just do a search for Spark of Rebellion. Make sure you drop a sub so you don't miss a show when that lands every weekend. Uh, first up, dude, for news, uh, we've got some uh, a little tidbit of news about the Benioff and Wise departure. So it was announced the other day, we spoke about it last week, that those guys had had enough of Disney's uh, attitude and money and all that stuff and favoured Netflix's money over Disney's. Uh, so they did the off. Uh, now there's been a little report that's come out um, with some, uh, some, well, a tiny little detail on uh, what their stuff would have been if they'd have stayed working on Star Wars. And what they were really keen on is right back to the beginning, essentially, which we thought we would, you know, we, we spoke about that their trilogy, would it be current timeline would it be future would it passed and we thought that it might have been back like the old republic the really old stuff and we were on the money with that really so they wanted to explore uh, how the jedi order um came to be essentially they wanted to go right back to the early days of the force and how the jedi and i'm guessing the sith as well how those guys uh came to be because there, there must be a, a a whole huge origin story around the early days of the force and you know the wills and and the Jedi Bandu and all that stuff. So that's what they were working on, but alas, they're off. So maybe someone else will pick that up. Maybe they'll throw that over the fence to Ryan Johnson. Maybe they won't, not sure. But this would have been cool, dude. What do you reckon? Yeah, I agree, man. Especially with, with Calagridis writing it as well. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting that you um, you got the Benioff and Weiss guys in there that are good for this, you know, regardless of Game of Thrones, you can't deny, you know, whatever you thought of Game of Thrones, towards the end or the last season or, you know, whatever, whatever you thought of it, there's no doubting the pedigree in this kind of style. Um, and I, what's interesting to me about that is, that, like you said about the Sith, you know, with it being those guys, you've got to feel it would have been some kind of character-based, relationship-based setup where it's, you know, it's one Jedi and the second Jedi and one goes one way, one goes the other, like a bit of a Count Dooku stroke, Sifo, Dias kind of relationship. And, you know, it's that kind of that kind of thing could have been interesting. Um, you know, almost a, like like a Jarell General Zod thing, and you know that whole duality could have been really interesting. And then just you know maybe a trilogy exploring exploring that side of things. It's 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 
you know, it's, it's Charles Xavier and Eric Lynch here all over again. It's like there's so many versions of this throughout pop culture that it's a very simple yet quite powerful thing to explore. So I think that'd have been pretty sweet, man. Um, and I really, I, I really like the idea of someone else picking that up. I think it would need to be someone with a bit of a pedigree and maybe not, but maybe not a Game of Thrones-esque pedigree, just someone that's really good at people, you know, where, where Star Wars has maybe not been so hot in the past. Um, someone that's really good with people. I think would be good because everything can be spruced up. The art effects guys, the vis effects guys, they can do they can do the rest of it. You know, it, it needs to be a personal kind of story. I think for that that to happen and then just blow up from there. So yeah, man, I think that could have been sweet. Could have been, yeah. There is some chat around Spielberg Oof. potentially jumping on board in the future because I think for a long time, right back to the beginning, almost I think George Lucas really wanted Spielberg to direct at least one Star Wars film, but it never panned out because I think Spielberg was part of the um, the Writers Guild mm-hmm. and Lucas took himself out of that because he didn't want to be part of the Hollywood system early on. So they they weren't able to, to do it. But there is some chat around that. I don't know about Spielberg. It would be kind of cool. He's very good at character stuff, very good at the people thing, like you said. Uh, I don't know. What, what are you saying? Ryan Johnson couldn't do it. I just don't know, man. I mean, he's not got... <laughs> he's not done so hot by us when it comes to the characters of of uh, The Last Jedi. I mean, he did all right with some of them, but I feel like that wasn't necessarily a character piece throughout. So, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. It needs to be someone that's got just got that depth and that understanding of character. And Spielberg is pretty sweet at that, and he's great at world building, and he's... You know, he's, uh, yeah, uh, all right, I can see where that's coming from. I can see where that's coming from. Yeah, or someone like Peter Jackson. He's really good at that big epic, you know, stuff. So, who knows? Uh, Moving on, bud. Uh, Hayden Christensen. You probably saw a bunch of tweets and pictures. I think this was about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. He was Mm -hmm. spotted at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, there was a load of publicity photos. He's standing in front of the Falcon and inside the Falcon and handing a, a, a small fan, uh, a lightsaber and all that jazz. Now, you wouldn't think that was weird. You just think, oh, that's just, you know, a previous actor from the Star Wars universe happened to be at Galaxy's Edge. But uh, as with all uh, fan uh, hype and stuff, when things like this happen, the 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 pictures themselves originally posted by the uh, by, the Disneyland uh, Twitter account. And that's nothing unusual, but they were deleted fairly swiftly afterwards. Now, when things like that happen, as I said, fans just go bonkers and why they deleted it, there must be a reason. There's always a reason um, that's not, that's probably not the actual reason for doing these things. It could have been just, you know, we, we don't want to feature Hayden Christensen at this moment, but the fans dive into a massive melting pot of conspiracy theories and, and all that stuff. So the, the, the best guess from fandom currently is that there's a, there's a potential Christen appearance in the rise of Skywalker. And so they want to limit the amount of exposure that he's getting officially from Disney because they want it to be a bit of a, uh, a surprise, I suppose, when you watch the film. So they don't want the image of Kristen in your head from any social media. They want your, they want the first time that you've seen Christian 
Hayden Christensen on screen in a Star Wars film to be uh, official in The Rise of Skywalker and not just a bunch of social media stuff. So uh, I can't really see anything in this. I really can't. I think it was just a, oh, we don't want to feature, we don't want to feature Hayden at this time. But the fans have gone nuts for it. So do you reckon that anything to this one seems a bit of a long shot to me? I don't know. I'd go the other way on it. I think just basically uh, because of what they did with Ian McDermott and what they did with Aidan Christensen's panel, um, <clears throat> I think when you consider some of the rumours that are swirling, and even the thing that we're going to discuss in the in the the discussion section in a bit, I think when you start to link some of that up, I think it's I think it's uh, a possibility. To be fair, I think if if not a, a, a high ranking percentage probability. Um, like I said, not in isolation, no, but I just think it's, there's a few things that you've got to consider with it. Number one, the old Kevin Smith saying that he's, you know, he spotted an actor on set giving his, 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 you know, best performance ever. I mean, Kevin Smith does that over a sandwich anyway. He'd be like, this is amazing. This is the best <laughs> sandwich on the planet, or this is the best laptop on the planet. Or like everything that he sees is the best thing on the planet. Um, and that's why I love him because he's so enthusiastic, but the fact that there's then this whole mind melting last scene and the co- you know the conversations between McDermott and Aiden Christian were, were were quashed, and the fact that Disney have actually deleted it like you wouldn't post it if you didn't want to give him the cred, you just wouldn't post it like they're not short of things to post either via the Star Wars account, so I just don't think they would have would have posted it. It's almost like a we'll post it, no harm in it. Wait a sec, rumor mills, crap, 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 crap. Uh, yeah, just Dennis, just delete that. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know, I don't know, man. Um, I, but I do think the way that it's going and some of the rumors out there around the store as well. I don't know. I just feel like he's probably gonna make an appearance somewhere. Mm-hmm. It does. And seem I almost that feel way. like yeah. I do feel like Ryan Johnson set the scene for that by making Yoda able to touch things in the physical world. I think I don't think that's by accident. No, I agree. Yeah, I think that is a, a foreshadow to stuff that we're going to see with force ghosts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Yoda looks solid. I don't mean that as in a urban vocabulary kind of. He looks solid. I meant like he looked opaque, as in didn't look like a force ghost for some of it. He actually looked like he was there. Yeah, proper physical. He had a force, little so. bit of glow around him, didn't he? But then you know, bit, it might be yeah. could have been pregnant. Give had that you know that pregnant glow about him. Yeah, effervescence. Just add us some, some vitamins and a milkshake. And now he's a bit of vit D. Exactly. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. So the Twitter account said, recently Hayden Christensen checked out Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Park. The force is strong with this one. And then moments later was deleted. So I did see it on the Insta account. I actually saw it and yeah. I was like, oh, curious. That's definitely something. It's, it's almost like a... Uh, you know, you get someone else warmed back. Like, they brought Ian McDermott back. That would have been the biggest surprise ever. Like, you know, why why publicise the fact that the biggest villain in Star Wars is back? Like, it would have sold tickets anyway. They could have done something else. They could have used Leia. They could have, there were so many different angles they could have done with the marketing, but instead they revealed McDermott early. Trailer one, on stage. Like, that... that as, as a marketer, you you don't give it all away. So I don't know. And plus, I do think it's that again. It's that duality. Like so, 
just to kind of, we'll finish up on this because I know I'm rambling, but, you know, if you think back to the reason that Obi-Wan wasn't in The Force Awakens and the decisions to keep his Force Ghost out was because um, he had no connection to Luke insofar as the Ewan McGregor version of it. He wouldn't have like, oh, wait a minute, is that Obi-Wan? Like, he looks a little bit younger, but I'm not entirely sure if that's him or not. That That was the reason that he wasn't in that. And there is no connection at all, as so far as we know, unless some of the theories do hold true, there's no connection that we know of right now between Rey, Kylo Ren, and the Emperor. Kylo's always been about Vader, and Rey is clueless, as far as all that. You know, all she knows is Darth Sidious was mentioned by Luke in The Last Jedi. There's literally no duality. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like, you know, Anakin was his greatest failure his greatest success at whichever way you look at it it just it, it just seems a little bit too star wars to leave out for jj certainly yes yeah exactly yeah uh, ryan johnson was in it yeah you're kidding it'd be like you'd have a, a coronation street crossover you know what i mean <laughs> t- t- totally wild bit of cory yeah bit of cory bit of mike baldwin <laughs> mike baldwin <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think it's a, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a probably on that. It's a probs, is it? Okay, so it's probs, which is a completely non-committal. Yeah. <laughs> As is Ryan Johnson. Uh, anyway, so moving on to the bishop. Uh, there's been a really cool article that landed over on CNET. CNET.com. There was one of the uh, editors or writers over there, Sean Keane, has put on a very. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say surprising, but an enlightening post about his joy of Star Wars. The title of the post says, as a hardcore Star Wars fan, Disney's bold new direction fills me with joy. And he goes on to say that uh, Disney has ushered in a golden age for a galaxy far, far away, and I cannot wait to see the rise of Skywalker. Oh, and I love The Last Jedi. Now, I saw that you posted this on our Trello board earlier, and I thought, why are we talking about this? But after reading the article, do you know what? It's actually quite refreshing to read an article like this where somebody is sort of bucking the trend almost because there's probably millions of Star Wars fans in silence that really do like The Last Jedi. You know, there's probably loads of fans that are into it and stuff. And they, in the whole sequel trilogy, they probably love it. But the kind of the coalesced voice of star wars fandom is like yeah we don't really like the last jedi because you know it messes too much with our beloved luke skywalker and it wasn't the direction we wanted him to to go in certainly wasn't the end we were hoping for all that stuff and it's just generally it's like the it's like the prequels all over again you know prequels were just crucified weren't they for years as we know Mm -hmm. and now they're getting a lot of love but the this guy sean keeney basically goes on to give a bit of history about his uh, love of Star Wars going way back to when uh, he first saw uh, A New Hope, uh, read the novels early on, all that stuff, and then goes on to say, as we get you know further down the line, he says that he came out of his midnight viewing of The Last Jedi a bit dazed. Um, but after he saw it a few more times after that, it cemented his opinion that The Last Jedi is a beautiful, brave uh, thing and uh, uses the original trilogy actors ingeniously, gradually passing the baton to the new heroes. And who could forget the beautiful, perfect Porgs? He like is a real. He's really going nuts on how positive he he just loves the direction that Disney have taken in and all that stuff. And 
Uh, he says, yeah, that Luke's reaction, uh, sorry, Luke's, um, uh, the whole crate thing was drawn out a little bit. And, uh, but he says that, uh, Luke's return, like the big final scene on crate and stuff, he said was glorious reunites Leia and the lines. No one's ever really gone foreshadowing the death and offering some other stuff with Carrie Fisher and all that stuff. It's just really cool, dude To I mean, I don't, I don't agree with some of it. Um, and I agree with a lot of it, but it's just really refreshing just to read something that's not, we hate The Last Jedi, we hate Ryan Johnson, we hate Kathleen Kennedy, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you've read this article, dude, but it's, yeah, it's just a breath of fresh air, really. It's good. Yeah, man, it's a great read. It's, it's an essay as well. It's a, you know, it's a love letter to Star Wars as is now. And I think the the cool thing with it is as well, like, isn't he the guy that said, you know, he's, is this the guy whose first experience of Star Wars was the prequels? I'm pretty sure it, I'm pretty sure it is. No, um, no. I, I must have read another one then. Mm. Um, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was that one. But he was, he, regardless. Anyway, he's got a lot of love for the prequels, and I think this is what kind of shines through um, a little bit. And this is why I think this this Rise of Skywalker, because it's Abraham's and because of what's going on with it. You know, it's. It, I always, in my mind, the prequels got better. The first one, Phantom Menace, got better because of Attack of the Clones. And Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace got better when um, Revenge of the Sith came out because you were able to see, wait a sec, all right. You know, it's like when Stephen King serialised the Green Mile in a, in a newspaper or in a magazine, chapter by chapter by chapter. You know, it's much better as a complete body of work. And I feel like Star Wars, in so far as the Skywalker saga, and I am going to class Rogue One as part of that, and even probably Solo, because I feel like they are just... It's almost like, a, here's the Skywalker saga. Oh, meanwhile, over here, like, you know, they, they are very, very, very tightly connected. And I do think that when people see The Last Jedi, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that people will who detracted from The Last Jedi will probably feel that that is a better film in their mind because of it, because of The Rise of Skywalker, because I think we're going to get the payoff. I, I do think Luke's going to get the payoff, like the big kind of big old badass Jedi that we wanted him to be. Like, he suddenly transcended everything we've ever seen, and he can do things that no one's ever been able to do. And guess who else can do it? Like we said earlier, potentially Anakin, the other most powerful one. And I just feel that because it's Abrams and because of how it's been designed, I just feel like that might be where that's heading. And think articles like this, I think we'll look back on them with a bit of reflection and say, do you know what? Actually, that thought process was actually pretty ahead of its time. Um, and it, it was it, it had a bit of foresight in thinking about what what actually constitutes a story. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on it. There, like you said, there are certain bits that I don't agree with, but um, the way that he discusses it and in 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 some depth and the way that he frames it, yeah, I, I get it. I like it, man. I, I agree. It's very refreshing, and it's um, it's very well thought out. You know, it's not, this is not a quick reaction article. This is well put together, you know? So yeah, I like it, man. I spotted it and read it and I thought this is, this is just really cool. Old Reddit. Bloody Reddit, you what? Yeah, Sean King, good words, man. So we'll see if his expectations are met. He does finish the article by saying that he tried to manage his expectations, bringing uh, back the emperor as a gamble. He said, but JJ Abrams has earned his trust. So we'll see. He has earned his stripes, JJ, to be fair. Oh, God, yeah. There's no one you'd trust a big franchise with no. more than that. I mean, you know, regardless what you thought of, of, of Star Trek follow-ups, the original reboot of Star Trek was just a genius way to do it. Hmm. 
Like fair play. Fair play. Yeah, he's earned his stripes. Yes. And last bit of news. Uh, this is related to the upcoming Obi-Wan series that we know has been officially announced now that it's definitely happening unless something very horribly goes wrong with The Mandalorian and Disney decides that nah, TV's not for us. Uh, Obi-Wan series should be out next year, I believe. And uh, one of the actors who appeared uh, very briefly uh, with Owen, uh, Hugh McGregor in... Um, uh, was it Revenge of the Sith? Yes. Um, the actor's name is Joel uh, Edgerton. And he played um, Uncle Owen. So at the very end where uh, Obi-Wan drops off the baby Luke to Owen and... Uh, sorry, Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen at the end. It's that actor there who played. Um, so there was a very brief encounter between the two of them. But uh, he has been uh, seemingly cast in the upcoming Obi-Wan series. And he was on an interview um, recently and uh, he was questioned about it and he said uh, there is a very real possibility that he'll be appearing. He said there's potentially an assassin on a rooftop just outside the window if I say the wrong thing. Uh, I'd love to say all sorts of things I'm just not going to. So that pretty much confirms <laughs> that he's going to uh, make an appearance because, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that you would just say, well, potentially you'd say no. Like if you were absolutely not going to be in it, you would, uh, unless you were like you McGregor, McGregor was on, uh, what was it? Um, the late show or something like that over in the U S and he basically said that he had to lie for over a year, more than that. Apparently he's been in talks with Disney for like nearly two years about the Obi-Wan series. So every it was single four. He said four years. Was it four he's years? Been yeah. For four years, bloody Obi Wan. That's crazy. Yeah. So he was saying that every time he was being interviewed, he had to essentially lie and say, "Oh yeah, I'd love to do it if they approach me and all that stuff." So, um, so this guy, I don't know, he's not going to be the star of the show or anything. So you would have thought that, you know, if he wasn't going to be in it, he would say, you know, they've not, you know. So to basically leave it a bit loose and woolly, like yeah, I reckon he is. Of course he is. I reckon the um, so he, he's he's the guy. Like he's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in he was in Warrior with Tom Hardy and Nick Nolte, which is a, a really sweet film. Um, and and he's got a, he's got good acting acting chops. He's got good pedigree. But he's one of those kind of fringe players that is is in, is in everything. And he always does a decent job of it. Um, and I think when you look to some of the the comics and some of the books and so on, like Uncle Owen plays a pretty solid part in like that relationship between Obi-Wan and the fledgling Luke and everything around it. Like he's very much stay away. Look what happened to Anakin. And you know, he's, he's really kind of miffed with Obi-Wan, especially when you look at some of the literature, he's so annoyed um, and really does his best to keep Obi-Wan away. Um, so I think it's, a, I, mean, I don't think there's any doubt at all that the character's there. And I think, you know, Disney, you can afford some, you know, he's not an A-list player, but he's certainly not, a, he's certainly a high B-list, mm -hmm. so you can afford it. You know, you've got Ewan McGregor, you, you, you're going to you're gonna want the continuity, you know, to recast someone like that, that has aged just as well as Obi-Wan has, and, and Ewan McGregor has in that character. Yeah, I, I think it's a no-brainer, dude. I think it's all by guaranteed. Yeah. Hey, Luke, stop messing around with that Dan Land Spader. There's an old guy here to see you. That's not very nice, is it? Old guy. But I was Older. going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. 
It's got a bad rap. Old. Just older. That's all it is. That's true. Yeah. Older. Mm. There you go. <laughs> Uncle Aaron. Probably back. It's the same dude that was in Revenge of the Sith. Big time. Yeah, that's it for news, bud. Not much else going on. Uh, it's, all, it's kind of that very quiet little bit before everything kicks off next week with the, the new game and the Mandalorian and stuff. So, yeah, you know. it is. It's it's. There's a lot going on. That Mandalorian is going to be good. Um, it's sort of. There's lo- still loads of stuff though. There's lots of rumors and stuff flying around, which I know we're going to get to in a sec. So, like that rumor mill never ever stops. Yeah. Just so we know. Just so we know. Review and discussion time. Uh, this is a similar. I was going to say, it's a similar theory that we spoke about on the show ooh, last month, I believe. And it's to do with time travel once again. So a recent fan theory that's done the rounds is that Ray is potentially trapped in some kind of time loop. And yes, when we've spoken about time travel in Star Wars, it does, it does knock it into that territory of, oh, are we going down the Terminator uh, back to the future thing where it's just plot holes galore. Like as soon as you introduce any kind of time travel, I mean, as we've spoken about regularly on this show, fandom just goes bonkers for anything like that. So if you introduce time travel, that's like a whole nother, there's a podcast. There would be podcasts bringing up just about the loops in star Wars time travel. If they introduced it anyway, one of the fan theories is that, um, anyway, it just sparked from an interview recently with Daisy Ridley and, um, they quizzed her about, um, the end of the film, you know, essentially what's going to happen with Ray. Are we going to find out, uh, who Ray really is and all that stuff. And she said that Abrams did say that that question is answered. He said at the end of the film, you get to know what the dealio is. So apparently we're going to find out some more details about her backstory a little bit. And uh, some fans have jumped on this. And one of the theories is that this goes back to um, Palpatine um, going back to, uh, well, it, it kind of stems from something in the Vader uh, comics where he had a bit of a force guided um, regression and was able to sort of have a trip into his past. And uh, he finds out that obviously Palpatine as Sidious um, manipulated the the midichlorians uh, to fill Shmi Skywalker's womb with a very powerful quote unquote chosen one. So, um, and then he goes on to say that, uh, but to create uh, an obviously special powerful Jedi, um, uh, you obviously need not just any random lady, you need a special lady. Equals Ray, apparently. Going round and round and round and round and round. Um, so another time travel one, dude. I think this is becoming a real recurring theme with fan theories at the minute. Purely because I think they're really struggling to try and find how Palpatine is back for a start. And also how this links into Ray's parentage and her origin and so on. So another time travelly timey-wimey one. Are you buying this time travel stuff or do you think this could be a thing? Because we did say, didn't we, that it would just create too much, there would be too much exposition needed and it would be massively convoluted. But 
don't know. There's a lot of chat about it, mate. Yeah, but having, I don't know. This, right, okay, so there's a couple of sides to this one. Side number one. You know, if the force is the thing that wants balance and creates balance, is it going to let Palpatine create the thing that balances it? No, because that's then out of balance because he's doing it for himself. So, like, if you go pure force mythological stuff, it's probably bunkum. Then, you go the other side of it, you go Palpatine, total force badass, complete long game player, this is the actual ultimate long... Like, there is no downside for him, and we know he protects his downsides. Like, the only downside... There is no downside. You know, he dies, he comes back. 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 The second that he doesn't die, he carries on, and he's won in that way anyway. So, like, you know, from a narrative perspective, it's pretty cool, and it does put a bow on everything. It wraps everything up. And the last thing that it does is... It gives Anakin the one bit of redemption that he could never get, which is to finally re. If we put Christensen back in, and if we think actually, it gives him the final bit of closure that he never got. The the you know it was it was arguably the thing that set him off really down the Vader route was you know I'm going to kill the women and the children too, you know it's it's so, so there's maybe something in it, maybe something in it, and. It's J.J. Abrams. Let's be yeah, let's be really frank on it. Like we talked about Star Trek. This is exactly what he did with Star Trek, which would wildly annoy Star Wars fans. But at the same time, it could blow people's minds. So I don't know, dude. I'm not... I, I think they could maybe get away with the exposition because all it needs... Like, like the other theory was a bit too complex. But this one, now that we know what we know, it feels as if there's opportunity to just... All you need to do is throw in the two lines of dialogue between Qui-Gon and Shmi Skywalker from Phantom Menace. There was no father. Oh. Like, that's it. That's the only exposition needed if they design it right. But it just still feels like a bit of a stretch. It just feels like a bit of a stretch. Yeah, that's what's in my head as well. It just feels like, it also feels like sometimes, it, well, in this case, it does feel a little bit too convenient. Yes, that, it's that, a bit like Lost. It's like the end of Lost is like, oh, all right, yeah, that's all right, that's how they did it. And you're a bit disappointed because you think they're better than that. Exactly that, yeah. It would be cool if it was done right. Don't get me wrong, I think it would be a, could be a cool thing but i just feel like you know in some at the end of some films where sometimes the ending is a bit rushed and it's just mm -hmm. tied up in a too much of a convenient bow and you think uh they've obviously ran out of ideas on how to finish this thing so they've taken the easy route and oh it was all a dream or oh he just came back from the future and did that <laughs> so as long as they plant the seed early on in the film so that you're not it doesn't hit you in the face right at the end. It's like, oh, it's too convenient. Then it could be cool. Yeah, also, and it sounds like Palps comes back pretty early. Like right. it sounds like end of Act One, Act One, which is what fifty minutes into the movie. It sounds like he's he's back after that. Good, so it's good. <laughs> Unlimited power. 
all right, mate. Not unlimited. Though he's been dead for thirty years. Have a word. But yeah. it, it feels like they could do something with it. But I, like, it, like you know, like we just said there, it just. I just don't want to be pissed with it. I just don't want to be annoyed by it. Yeah. Being like, ah, oh, come on, you could have done better. You know. Well, that's what's that's what I'm worried about. And also the whole storyline from which is now canon, isn't it? From the comic series, that that whole thing about Palpatine impregnating, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that creeped a lot of fans out. It does have a bit of a creepy vibe to it. It doesn't. It's not Star Wars friendly, is it? No. So I think to go down that road, and that's the whole crux of these theories. And you know, that's the whole thing where uh, Palpatine essentially at some point in the rise of Skywalker, presumably at the end, uh, using the, the world between worlds, just flicks her back decades earlier, impregnates her and then wipes her memory. And she lives as Shmi. So it, that feels a bit creepy. It does. But at the same time, when you just said that, actually you're like, wait a sec, world between worlds has got precedent. Okay. I get that. Yes. Fine. That's probably a challenge because they've got to explain what that thing is. But there is also, you know, that that's actually not a bad storyline. If you if if you tie it up and you design it nicely, you know, if it's like Ray's doing that almost as a either a sacrifice or you're doing it as a, you know, a, a willing requirement to create the chosen one, or you, you they're doing it in terms of a, you know, you are locked there forever. I'm gonna. This is the only way to win is to be locked there. There is enough, there's enough in that to give you an emotional tie to it where it could be satisfying. Um, but it would have to be very well written. Like, it couldn't just be a, ha, yeah, you remember this Phantom Menace film? Yeah, so this <laughs> this is like a prequel to that, but it's not as well. Like, if that if it's just quickly done, you're right, it needs to be, there, there needs to be a reason, because the only, like, the bad thing with that as well is that it undermines Luke's story a lot. It does, yep. You know, which people are going to be really miffed about because it really does undermine Luke's story. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I can see. I can see merit in the theory. I just feel it might be a bit much. That's all. But I am very curious about how they're going to wrap it. Mm-hmm. Me too, man. Me so, too. Do we think then that? And this is, I'm going to, I'm just going to put like a yes or a no answer in because the old Obi-Wan stuff's coming back. We're going to see the force ghosty stuff. Do we reckon Obi-Wan's going to be in this? I'm going to ask you again, based on everything that we've seen. Nope. I like this confidence. I agree with you as well. You've got, you you have to draw a line, don't you? Yeah. I'm sure the story group and pre-production, they would have gone nuts with all these ideas and stuff, but you have to, you have to draw a line somewhere. If the mm-hmm. story just runs away with you, otherwise you end up... Well, you could end up getting them all back, couldn't you? It could be, you could get Qui-Gon back, you, you know, it, it becomes a bit much. Yeah, it could be the Muppets all over again. Hiya, frog! Exactly, yeah. So. So, yeah, so. <laughs> so, yeah. Regime don't like it. <laughs> so, we're a bit strapped for time this week, so we're going to wrap yeah. there, dude, for episode, episode 31. It is your, yeah, it's your bad, as usual. <laughs> you bad. It's no commitment, that's the problem. True that. 
It is like the Muppets all over again. What? Anyways. Which one so, of the Muppets wasn't committed? Well, you just don't see all of the Muppets in everything. You know, like they but just pick and choose. Their you know. like they're trying to work as hard as anyone else. You know, you don't get the call for that, that episode. I think Fozzie Bear is happy about not being in it. No, that's ridiculous. He wants pain. He's got a mortgage. And Gonzo. Yeah. And Oscar the Grouch. That bin ain't free. Oh no, that's Sesame Street. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's another crossover. It's all the same. Sometimes hand puppets make very good workers, for example. Let him go in the end. He was terrible. He was rough. Anyway, sorry, dude. Yeah, yes. all right. Yeah, it's, it is my bad. I'm sorry to you, the the ever constant listener. It's it's my bad today. I'm, uh, I'm short on time this week. No worries, dude. We're going to push the random spotlight over another week. We'll do that next week if we get time. Mm-hmm. Until then, make sure you head over to... Um, so you can listen to our show on any type of podcast, any app that you listen to podcasts on. Just do a search for Sparkle Rebellion. You can find us on there. Give us a sub so you don't miss a show. You can also find us on our spanky website provided by our host, Captivate.fm. Just go to sparkofrebellion.com. You can find all the episodes over there. Hit us up on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Again, just do a search for Sparkle Rebellion. Uh, give us a like and a follow. We chat Star Wars over there. And lastly, if you like what we do here, and you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. We'd love your support. Jump on from a dollar upwards. Until next week, dude. Congratulations. Adios, my man. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And thanks to you, the ever-present listener. We appreciate you and, uh, and to all our patrons as well. So cheers, my man. Indeedy. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care of yourselves. And may the force be with you always. <laughs>